Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to Modernize the Die podcast, the CFML News Edition. It's March 3rd, 2020. I'm Gavin Pickin, a software developer for Auto Solutions. And who are you, Brad? Who am I? I would like to start like sitting in an armchair with a pipe and then a fireplace behind me. And I turn around and I'm like, oh, hello there. Welcome to the Modernize Your Die podcast. Can, can we do that next week? Maybe. Can that be a thing? <laughs> Maybe we I'm, will. I'm Brad Wood and I don't smoke a pipe. <laughs> That's who I am. That's who you are. That's right. Well, uh, first, just want to thank our sponsors, Auto Solutions. Uh, obviously, they're the ones that help make this happen every week, and uh, we're thankful for everything they do. Uh, and one of the big things we do for Auto Solutions is help customers with legacy sites. A lot of people have legacy code. That means your code is good enough to last that long, but now you got to look after it. So <laughs> It's sturdy. Sturdy code. Very mature. Yep. So if you're living in that legacy environment, it's like you're living in chains, you're restricted. And we try and help you free yourself from those chains uh, with modernizing your monolith, making to microservices, or just modernizing with some of the tools that Autos provides and the engines now support. So if you need help with that, reach out to us at Autos Solutions and we can help you migrate your legacy. So All right. another reason we can actually do these podcasts is our Patreon support. So right now we're actually at 78% of our uh, fully funded, or sorry, 70, 38% of of being close to being fully funded of our Modernize or Die podcast or our Patreon site, which is patreon.com slash autosolutions. So if you love the podcast and you want to help out, um, we have some packages available for you there. And we actually just released a blog post today saying we need your help. So obviously this is one of the three podcasts that we do and we've got a lot of great content coming out there. So if you guys enjoyed it, maybe you can, you know, help out there as well. All right. So what percentage are we? We're, we're 20% of 50% of the way to 78% of 100%. Is that what it was? Yeah, it right? we're 38% at right now. <laughs> Actually, it says 39% oh. on, on patreon.com. Does well, you know what? Sign up? Someone did sign up uh, and we will be talking about 19 them. patrons. Yeah, we have an extra Patreon supporter who just signed up yesterday. So I don't even think they've updated the website yet, but we'll talk about that oh a little later. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Okay. So news and events. Let's get going. Looks so, like Testbox 3.2 has been released. Yep. So we dropped a, another version there. Uh, we have two We dropped it like it was hot. Yep. We have two improvements in there and four bug fixes. So uh, you can install that from Command Box by doing install Testbox dash dash save div because you don't want that as a production dependency um but yeah we have some what release was notes the, what was the previous release i'm typing forgebox show test box into command box right now so 3.1 so it was a minor bump yeah so for those of you watching uh that's what the blog post looks like so we had uh, a few bugs here uh code coverage doesn't always capture the ending parentheses when a key ex- uh, existed not to have key wasn't failing. Fix that. Yep. Missing raw trace and simple.cfm and lowercase cb strings for case sensitive files and systems. I think so, a couple of those are little things that I'd fixed along the way. Yep. So it added some f- code coverage, uh, yep. some formatting and everything. So I think that, I think that code coverage one came up in one of our trainings, actually. I'm trying to think of where it was. 
I think I was doing a training somewhere and it was like, Hey, why isn't that parenthesis mark just covered? And you're like, yeah, well, it looks like a bug. But, Very cool. <clears throat> yep. So that's out there. So you guys can get that. Um, if you've got command box, it should, you should be able to update that pretty easily. Yeah. Just run update test box or in generally speaking, just run outdated in the root of your package and command box will tell you all the libraries that are outdated. And then you can run the update command update them if you like. Cool. cool. 3.2. Yep. What else we got? So uh, we just announced another sponsor for into the box 2020. Ooh. So CMD uh, confirmed as a gold sponsor, AKA command, yep. AKA Mark, Mark and crew, the drew and the crew, <laughs> Mark, the drew and crew. <laughs> Yep, yeah, so there'll be gold gold sponsors there, and I'll be getting an interview with him, um, and putting that on the po- the conference podcast as well here pretty soon. And I believe that this is not Mark's uh, first year as a sponsor, right? No, Adam. he's he's been a good supporter over the years, and uh, it's yeah. nice that some of these companies are you know paying back, and uh, yeah, it's it's good to see. So we've got a few sponsors now. I know that um, Pete Freitag and Foundio are sponsoring, Adobe is sponsoring, and CMD. So we've got some good sponsors there. And, you know, reach out and say thank you to them as well for supporting and uh, helping us make Into the Box possible. Because, you know, we could be charging you guys a lot more for tickets, but <laughs> these sponsors make it affordable for everybody. So we really appreciate it. Isn't there a hint of irony that Mark uses a Mac computer, but his company is called CMD? Just, shouldn't it be like Bash? Kevin has no answer. I think Mark told me once that uh, he named his company Command because he wanted to take command of his life and and run his own company and do his own thing. So, actually, kind of has a cool story behind it. But yeah, huh. I can't also, give him too much flack. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think it's a a good thing. Okay, so next up, we had a live stream from another community member this last week. So Matthew Clemente, uh, he snuck up on us and just said, I'm going live. And uh, he went live, and he actually did an LOTR API. He said a lot of You know, of that's Lord of the Rings, right? I was going to say, I think that's Lord of the Rings. I'm assuming it is. I haven't watched the whole live stream yet. but So he made a CFML API wrapper for Lord of the Rings. Uh, on this live stream, he did have some Lotter. technical. He did have some technical difficulties with OBS. Don't uh, we all, Gavin? Well, apparently on the Mac, it's <laughs> even worse. Uh, there's um, not last pass one password or something. There's some bug where it affects OBS and they have issues. So he had a few issues, oh but gosh. so we got the YouTube link there, so you can go watch that. Jeez, I went to go find his package on ForgeBox, and I you know sorted newest, and there's already like three new packages that have piled in on top of his. Uh, uh, Lord of the Rings CFC. Yep, I know. He didn't Jeez, even... slow down, people. It's too many packages. Yep. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so you go check that out, and hopefully, we'll see some more live streams from him. Oh, look future. how clever he is! A CFML wrapper for the Lord of the Rings API. One API to rule them all, <laughs> and in the darkness. Oh wait, no. And <laughs> oh, and this is the wrapper to use them. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Cool. Well, Autis has announced the next webinar uh, under the covers here. Uh, so CB Elasticsearch is going to be uh, the webinar for March, March 27th. Wait, so I thought you were saying the webinar was called Under the Covers. I'm like, that's a very uh, no. intimate sounding name. <laughs> no, <laughs> Welcome I, to Under the Covers, a new webinar. <laughs> no, I mean that on the Autis site, mm. under webinars, we have it listed, but we haven't done the blog post. You don't have the registration link. So it's just basically, a, you know, save the date. 
So Michael Bourne is going to be leading that one, and he's the one that actually is doing the Elasticsearch workshop into the box. So, so he'll be doing uh, his webinar on the 27th at 11 a.m. Eastern, which is 8 a.m. Pacific. Um, so the registration link will be coming soon, but keep so, an eye out. So what use cases would people identify with that would make them think, I need to listen to this? I might learn about what? Well, basically, uh, Elasticsearch is a is a great engine for basically empowering your site with some search capabilities. So if you're doing um, a lot of, you know, full SQL type like searches um, <laughs> or some crazy stuff like that, uh, Elasticsearch could, could help you out there. Uh, we're using it for a lot of customers that have a lot of data, a lot of crunching. They want to offer a nice search interface to the customers. Uh, that's a great way to do it. And if you've got a lot of data too, like it can be really efficient for, you know, like more than 10 yeah a lot more than 10 million maybe more than 10. you <laughs> no, know actually i had i had lunch with the uh, people from the elasticsearch elasticsearch booth and i was at DevNexus a couple of weeks ago um because i was talking about some of the really cool like security stuff they had baked in there's really a lot of stuff in the product um yeah. on top of just your basic searching yeah so i mean if those of you have used solar in the old days or you know stuff like that uh this is a a real nice you know more modern approach um, and we're using it for a lot of customers and it's working really great. We love it. So Michael's going to be talking more about that. And then you can find out more about it, his workshop coming up on a podcast interview with him soon as well. But that webinar, March 27th. Cool. And in case you missed it last week, we actually had, uh, John Clawson's webinar on That's getting right. started with CFML containers. So I heard that was really well received, quite a few attendees and everyone enjoyed it. And John's a great speaker. He, that theatrical background of his. <laughs> did he, did he, did he pace back and forth? I didn't get to see it. I had to go to a band concert for my daughter. So I completely missed this one. Yeah. So the one good thing, I guess, with, uh, John doing a webinar is you don't have to worry about hurting your neck from going side to side as he walks across the stage. <laughs> he straps himself into the chair. <laughs> But yeah, John, when he presents normally, he's a, he's a walker and it's hard if you're doing the video, like I was he's last act, year. He's an active presenter. He uses the whole stage. No, the whole stage is his oyster. He's engaging and he's talking about some great content there. So it was a really good webinar. Actually, I watched the recording because I was busy as well, but you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. Cause I mean, I keep bringing up deaf nexus. Um, I know, but, uh, you know, one of the reasons Luis and I go there every year is just to see what the, you know, the trends are. And of course, the Java enterprise community doesn't always tend to be in the bleeding edge. But I mean, everything was all about Docker. Everything was about Kubernetes. It was about containers. It was about deployments. And so I'm so excited to see the, um, the uptick in the cold fusion community of people digging into Docker and into containers, which is why I think the John Clausen's webinar is really timely since there's a lot of people making that dive. Um, into uh into docker in the cold fusion space yep speaking well, of docker yep there was a pretty big announcement last week from mm -hmm. from docker themselves because uh, they were purchased just recently by uh, another company and so everyone was got worried everything was going to die and whatnot what but was the purchase price on that baby 1.3 too much i don't know <laughs> a lot but uh but yeah so just... the the big thing is is that swarm long-term support was announced everybody was scared that swarm was dead because it's like cold fusion everyone keeps saying swarm's dying dying it's dead and when mantis took over they they didn't have a long-term support uh announced for swarm but now they do so we don't have to worry about learning kubernetes if you don't want to 
Phew. One more thing off yes, my list. I mean, the, the backstory is that, you know, at Ortis, we use Docker Swarm and a lot of our clients do. Um, we've always like been keeping an eye on Kubernetes, but Kubernetes always just seems so darn like complicated and robust and big and it does all this stuff. And there's always like flavors of Kubernetes. You have like the, the Red Hat version of Kubernetes and the IBM Cloud version of Kubernetes and the Google Cloud platform version of Kubernetes and all these layers. And we're like, oh my gosh, Docker Swarm is just so simple. We love it. It's so nice. Yep. But everyone's like, Docker Swarm's going away, man. Kubernetes is going to take over. So that's why when we saw the announcement of Docker Swarm being, you know, being kept alive and having features added, we were like, yes. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the, the big thing I see between Kubernetes and Docker Swarm, the one thing that Swarm could really do better with is like auto scaling. If you could auto scale up and down, Docker Swarm would do everything I needed it to do that Kubernetes does. Kubernetes is like AWS versus DigitalOcean being Swarm. DigitalOcean is amazing. <laughs> it's simple. It does just what you need to do. But AWS does everything, and there's a billion switches and 500 forms just to add a volume, you know, like, so it can do everything, but you don't want it to do everything. You just want it to work. And so that's why we're, we're happy to do Swarm. I mean, Kubernetes yeah. is great when you're getting to that scale and you need that fine-tuned control over everything. You need this specific adapter for the network. You need this specific type of volume connector. You know, you need this specific they have, everything. You know, Kubernetes brilliant. has its own package manager. Like Helm, you have to like manage all the freaking, you know, services. See, I don't know what I would, I actually host anything that's big enough that I would need to auto scale, but that is one of the things that would be nice to see Swarm get. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've been looking forward to was the ability to schedule tasks, Yes. which you can't, okay. which in Kubernetes you can do, but apparently that's in the roadmap for Swarm now. So it's like never box checked, Swarm does what we want. Yep. So anyway, enough off our high horses. Kubernetes is cool, but it's the, a little the, too fancy for us right now. The purchase price of when Mirantis uh, acquired Docker is that the companies did not disclose the price of the acquisition. So that's why I can't find the number online. Okay. So well, 3.2 too much is probably about, about yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot. Okay. Um, I saw a couple of tweets this week asking if CF Summit 2019 videos are going to be posted. And of course they have been. We've been talking about it every week. Last week we didn't mention it. So I wanted to bring it back and say that there's 25 videos now on the CF Summit 2019 YouTube playlist. It looks like all of them are there except for Eric Peterson's. <laughs> I don't know what you did, Eric, but you must have <laughs> made Vicky mad or something. You didn't like mention Lucy or something, did you? And they had to delete your video off their hard drives. I hope not. But <laughs> yeah, so there's 25 there. I think there was 28 sessions. There's a couple more missing, but uh, most of the videos are there. So if you guys didn't get to attend or if you were busy in other sessions and there was another session you wanted to see, go check them out. Um, Vicky and Adobe's made them freely available on YouTube. So yeah. very nice of them to do so. Yep. So if you missed them, it's, they're available. <clears throat> and just a reminder that the State of the CF Union 2020 survey is out. Brad woot will woot. chase you down if you don't fill it in. I will hunt you and I will find you and I will make you take the survey. Yeah. Take that State of the CF Union survey. Um, Share it with uh, your friends. It's only four or five pages worth of questions. You know, what browsers do you develop for? What versions of ColdFusion do you run? Um, it has some nice little anonymous questions. You know, have you actually had a hack, you know, on any of your servers in the last two years? You know, what caused it? Um, just a lot of interesting data gathering stuff. What kind of Docker images do you use? But make sure you send it because if you're listening to this, you're like one of the smaller percentage of people that actually pay attention. 
to the to the to social meds as the kids calls it. Um, is this social? Are we on social meds right now, Gavin? I, I never know where how yeah, that works. I guess so. Um, but make sure you send it to your uh, your cold fusion cronies under the rocks and the crevices where they hide out, who don't you know pay attention to podcasts or blogs or the Tweety pages. Because um, we want to get like hundreds, if not thousands, of people responding to this thing. Because we love the data. Yep, the raw data. And if you want us. more of a rant on why you should do this, check out last mm. week's episode where Brad goes into more detail. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> we had to cut him short because last week we were like two hours over. You had to get weird. out the spray bottle. Stop it, Brad! Stop. Yep. Okay, so uh, the Modernizer Die Podcast Conference Edition. Uh, we mentioned we launched this a couple of weeks ago, and a lot of a lot of great. Uh, podcasts there already and we're now on itunes so now uh if we actually go check out the page we have a lot of uh different supports let me change screens here so here's our little website for the modernizer die podcast it's conference.modernize.io and if you go to subscribe you can see we're on apple spotify modernizer die.io right yeah sorry did i mess that up probably did yeah but we're on Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Castro, Castbox, RSS Feed, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. So if we're missing one, we're on it. We're trying to get them all added. Plenty of different ways you can subscribe. And if you actually go look at the episodes, you'll see we recently had one from Charlie Earhart on troubleshooting common CF Lucy challenges. And we also have one from Mr. Brad Wood on Intro to BDD Workshop. It's about time. I was harassing you last week. Yep. So if you check it out we actually have the link to the youtube video if you want to see his face if you don't you can just listen online or (laughs) subscribe so same with charlie so if you click on you get the little summary at the top and then there's the full show notes here with uh, that and we'll be adding transcripts for all these if you guys want to read it instead so um so those are out go check them out there on uh on youtube or on your podcast player of your choice and yeah, so there's a playlist on YouTube as well, so you can see the previous ones. So we've had ones from uh, Luis about the conference, uh, myself and uh, Eric about our workshops, and then Luis, John, and Michael Bourne will be releasing their workshop uh, episodes coming out probably in the next week or so. So keep an eye out for them. And then after that, we'll start talking to some speakers as well. So basically, we're going to have so much podcasting content, you're never going to get any work done for the rest of the year, is what we're telling you. Yep. There was a couple of people that were fans, and they were like, man, we need more content. We need more content. Now they're like, I'm trying to keep up. (laughs) So that means we're doing our job, right? You'll just be able to listen to -to back-to-back Modernizer Diet podcast all the way until End of the Box happens. That's our goal. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of content. I mean, it's there's a lot of stuff to listen to. So, but yeah, that's why we made our own podcast for just the conference stuff. So, if you're not going to the conference or you're not too worried about it, you don't have to worry about that getting in the way of everything. But speaking of conferences, well, time to talk about conferences. So, yay, conferences. So, the the next conference coming up is Adobe CF Summit East 2020 in DC. And that's free of mm-hmm. charge, so definitely sign up. They are going to cap it, I believe, at uh, probably two or three hundred. Um, so people, yeah, two or three hundred people. So definitely sign up. So for that's that. in Washington D.C. Yep, that's April twenty second, uh, Wednesday, April twenty second, and that's at the Renaissance Washington D.C. Downtown Hotel. Um, there's 
two tracks. Uh, the speakers are announced there. So they've got Luis Mahano, Charlie Earhart, Zuno, uh, Bruno Zagay, Dave Watts, <laughs> Alicia Dvorak, Brian Class, Pete Freitag, Dave Ferguson, Brian Seppi. So all great, high quality community members there speaking. Uh, and the Adobe's going to have a, you know, a couple of keynotes as well. So they'll be talking about different things coming up in AF 2020. So it's great that it's free. I was yeah. going to say like, it's almost uh, a wonder anybody like goes to the Vegas one when they have to pay when there's a free one, but I guess people want to go to Vegas. Yeah. And the Vegas one <laughs> is usually two days and it has the big, you know, party. It's 2050 year for cold fusion this year too. So true. You yeah, know, you know, the 20th party was big. They just had the big 25th year party for Java at dev Nexus last week. So it's like, we're always the same year. Yeah. So it'll be pretty cool. I'm curious what they're going to do for 25. I know a couple of years back, the, the hula dancing and everything <laughs> was pretty fun at the mm. hard rock. Does that so. mean we have to, we get to spank cold fusion 25 times. I don't know how that works. Yeah. We might get in trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably stay away from spanking. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's the actual conference. And then there's some workshops. So Adobe is doing their cold fusion special certification after the conference. So, uh, Thursday, April 23rd, uh, they'll be doing that. And this one is not free. Uh, so the cost is four ninety nine for the early bird discount, but I but think you just missed that. That that ship has sailed. Woop woop, you missed it. Yep. So sorry, guys. Uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, six ninety nine now. Uh, and so that gives you basically a full day classroom program with the videos you get sent prior to that. So you have to do some homework before you get there. And then you have the full day review. And then at the end, there's a multiple choice quiz. And if you're lucky, what do they get, Brad? Um, I don't know. A certificate. <laughs> oh, a certificate. Sure. Yeah. yeah so you get a, a pretty photo with your certificate. Thinking, you get what you get. You don't throw a fit, right? Yeah, that too. But, uh, so the good thing is it's a high pass rate. So it's a lot of good content. Um, and there are a few things in there that might surprise you that, you know, new, new features that come out in 2018, 2016. And so they, they go over a lot of that great content. So you can register for that as well. Do we know who's leading the, cert the certification class? Is it Nolan again, or is that I'm not, not sure. announced? I'm not sure, but I know I see Brian Seppi is on the list of speakers. I know that he previously uh, at CF Summit was teaching one of the classes. Um, okay. So he might be doing it. I'm not sure. Um, I, I did not see that in the, the notes, but it doesn't mean it's not there. All right. So the certification is after CF Summit East. What do we have before? Uh, CF Summit East. Well, our friend Luis Mahano is going to be there <laughs> doing a two-day workshop. Um, and this one is going to be Build Secure MVC Co-Fusion Applications. So this is a slightly modified version of our From Zero to Hero workshop. And basically, you'll be learning how to build a scalable Cold Fusion MVC application based on like a Twitter application. So you'll be building Soapbox which is our ripoff of Twitter. And if Twitter <laughs> keeps up with their politics, we might have to launch it. <laughs> <laughs> Once Twitter's banned, everybody will start coming using Soapbox. That'll be great. Yep. So, you know, you'll go through the process of doing UML diagrams, using object orientation, data migrations, query builder, and then secure it with the super security rule engine. So a lot of great stuff in that workshop. Uh, it's a two-day workshop, um, and you can register, and that is eight ninety-nine. Um, the blog post is out, and the registration links are available, so you can do that. And then, if you do register for that, um, there is a, a special discount that you can get for into the box for the workshops there too. So, um, so if you register for that, 
let us know and we'll try and get you that code so you can get the discount when you register for into the box because we like fans of us speaking of into the box yep next on the list so brad whereabouts does this happen uh i believe it happens in houston texas gavin may 5th through 8th so we have two days of workshops and two days of conference so a veritable four-day cornucopia of learning yeah this is the first year that we've done uh double workshop days we usually just have one day of workshops so we had some workshops we wanted to spread out and make them a full two-day workshop to really get deep into it. Um, and we also have some other workshops that are still just kind of one-dazers. Uh, one so dazers. what we've yeah, so what we've done is we've kind of mixed it around. You can go to one of the two-day workshops, or you can hit two of the one-day workshops, um, depending on on what you want to cover. Yeah, a lot of people in previous years say, "But I want to do both." So <laughs> now we're giving the option to do that. So so yeah, so the two-day workshops are going to be. Uh, I will be leading the Cobox Zero to Hero, and Luis Mahano will be doing the Cobox Hero to Superhero API Edition. Um, so those are the two-day workshops. If you attend one of those, that's the only workshop you can attend, but you got two days with us, Ever. so it's pretty For awesome. For the rest of your life. You don't need anything Ever. after that. We're, we're awesome. <laughs> Once you do the Hero to Superhero workshop, there's really nothing left in life, so you just hit, like, God mode, uh, and that's but- it. Remember, that's the API edition. We're actually working on some Hero to Superheroes different versions. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a cold box Hero to Superheroes. going to have superhero. a whole like, Justice League mm-hmm. it, full of superheroes when we're done. We're working on a, a CB Inertia edition of this Hero Ooh. to Superhero as well. So Sounds like Eric has something to do with that, baby. Yeah, and uh, Luis actually was talking about that one in his uh, interview for his cold box Hero to Superhero. Uh, workshop he's talking about how this is just one of the additions and we're working on some more so yeah i can't wait to see the cb uh, inertia one that's that one did really well with webinar anyway back to the workshops (laughs) so if you (laughs) are taking the workshops yeah if you're not taking them then uh brad wood is leading intro to bdd john clausen is doing containerizing cfmi applications and eric Mm -hmm. peterson is doing intro to quick orm so that's on day one now day two there's some repeats so Brad is doing intro to BDD again. John is doing containerizing CFMI applications again. So if you don't take them on the first day, you could take them the second day. And then we have some, some new ones. Michael Bourne and uh, Eric Peterson are going to be doing the CB Elastic Search. And then Charlie Earhart is doing troubleshooting common CF Lucy challenges. And this week, Sounds I know for sure that Charlie's workshop is on the website. <laughs> Last week, someone missed a dash on a comment, and that's why his was commented oh. out. And it was only commented out for a day because we checked the history because we've got source control in our, on our content management system. So it's there. His description is there. His link to a site with more information is there. And his podcast is up. So if you can go find out more about his workshop there too. So we apologize, Charlie, but uh, we know it's going to be a great workshop and uh, we should have a lot of good people turning up. This is one he did previously too. He actually had uh, over 100 people uh, at CF Summit a couple of years ago to do that workshop. Wow. So, I hope he has over 100 people this time too. Well, I don't because it might be really full. <laughs> we'll just works- get a bigger room. We're going to need a bigger <laughs> boat, Gavin. Yeah. Well, most of our workshops are aimed to be small groups, you know, about <laughs> 15 people. So that way we have, you know, a good ratio of, of trainers to attendees. Um, but if Charlie gets 100 people, we'll make room. We'll <laughs> <laughs> make room. They'll, they'll end up out in the pool. There's a there's a pool at that hotel, right? Yep, sure is. They'll be out in like the hot tub and with their laptops going. That would be actually... I'll, can I get dibs on that from my workshop? Now, think, now that I think about it. Yeah. Well, maybe. 
So, so those are the workshop options. Um, there's pricing available for if you want to do two days workshops and just in two days of conference or just the conference or one day workshop and two day conference. But really just get the all access pass. It's great, great value for money. Uh, it's a great time. So definitely think you should sign up into the box. And again, go check out those conference uh, edition podcasts. Find out more about everything before you sign on the line and buy your tickets. Yep. All right, back to CF Summit. We got CF Summit West is looking late October, yep. 28th and 29th. Are those official dates now? Um, they haven't updated their site, but I know Alicia mentioned to me that 28th and 29th was going to be the date, and I saw she posted right. on Twitter to somebody. So, so pencil it in, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> pretty pretty solid, but they haven't officially announced it yet, so I guess something could change. But I thought they'd signed on the line uh, with contract. So right. October Charlie 28th and 29th. So it's looking like a pre-conference certification, which is the same thing we just talked about yep. for CF Summit East, on will be happening as a pre-conference here on the 27th. Yeah, it'll be Tuesday, October the 27th, and then the conference will be Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, okay. And so uh, usually Audis does a pre-conference or a post-conference, <clears throat> but since they split the middle of the week, we'll probably have to do Monday, Tuesday for our two-day workshop. So if you attend ours, you won't be able to attend the pre-conference certification by Adobe. I told them we don't like competing with them, but we will. Because uh, <laughs> everybody wants You've to You've made us do this. Yeah. Well, we get a lot of demand for the workshops, and uh, Vegas is a good venue for, for the workshop. So yes, we'll it have is. To do that. So we had a lot of fun last year, but so we'll be announcing our workshops there soon too. I love all of our workshops, but I think I love our Vegas workshops the most. Yeah. It's pretty fun. We always- go, go hit some balls, top golf afterwards, mm-hmm. get some Brazilian steakhouse. And yeah. Oh yeah. Every year, every year. I don't know how you always have like coupons for that Brazilian steakhouse, Gavin. Where, where do you get them from? Well, I I actually found out about that place from the rugby tournament several years ago, and they have they were giving out some free samples at the in the food pavilion because the rugby sevens and in Vegas they'd have this huge festival of all these countries having their food, and so I tried some and I was like, oh, is that a Brazilian steakhouse? You know, like, <laughs> and so they gave me a bunch of coupons because I told them that you know I'll give them out to everybody, and so yeah, came back and if I don't know. Uh, if, coupons so you should walk up the front and say hey you got any coupons for this they call me to come by and they usually give you one so you always get half price at that place <laughs> which is good that so, is really good you not- always get the side of shrimp mm. yeah very good i'm getting hungry we gotta get off this food topic man back to cold fusion <laughs> okay we'll see if camp uh dates are not announced yet um last time i heard they're looking at sorry mingo. We're, see- we're, we're killing mango mingo it's dinner time and he's stuck <laughs> in amsterdam yeah Ugh. all right well, it's not even lunch here. So, but yeah, so see if camp, the dates are not announced yet. Um, they've had issues with June because of the soccer stuff. So they're looking at October, November still. They should have that announced pretty soon. Uh, as soon as I know, I will let you know. Yeah. Um, and then, Listen here and you'll find out about it. Yeah. And we also have uh, another training that I've got to get confirmation on from Luis, but I think he's going to be in Singapore in September. What? I'm not sure of all the coronavirus stuff. If, <sighs> travel is going to be affected or anything so we'll get confirmation but i don't don't know how much i want to travel until this coronavirus (laughs) settles down yeah so but he was planning to be in singapore in september for for training there as well so we'll get some more details yep we'll get more details so hopefully we'll have that for you too but yeah so that wraps up our conferences they'll be halfway to getting a vaccine by then maybe (laughs) 
Cool. So let's talk about blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. Let's do that, Gavin. Okay. So I heard that last week you guys were sick of seeing owl faces. You wanted to see a screen share more in the video. So I'm going to try and do that here. So we get it. We get it. First, Benedel. And he's talking about uh, getting the RGB color of the <laughs> image pixel using graphics magic and Lucy. So he's got a cool little little video here for you to look at, but basically going through the steps of, uh, you know, trying to get colors out of an image and whatnot. Um, he had built this little JavaScript tool, and so he's got all the code here, but basically allows you to click anywhere on the screen, and then uh, JavaScript passes the coordinates through, and image magic crops the image and gets the color and returns it. So is so, it getting the color on the server side? Yeah, on the server side, but basically using graphic magic through the command line and CF execute. Interesting. Uh, basically cropping the image, taking the color from that, and then um, yeah, and then basically returning. I did. It. I did the same thing when I built a long time ago. My little uh, uh, image to ASCII command box command that'll create ASCII art from um, from an image. But I was able to do it directly in Java without having used a command line. But I have to remember what. There was some Java class I found that you could go through and you could loop over the pixels and you could get a, an object out of it. Yep. And so this is uh, following up his graphics magic Docker playground that he set up. And so uh, a later blog post will discuss that. So uh, I thought it was a pretty cool little blog post there. Um, you know, if you're messing with graphics magic, it's got some pretty cool options from the command line if you need them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, nice little demo. It's got a little GIF here that shows him clicking on the image and it, it pulls up the the color for it, the hex code and everything. I like that. So we also had um, another little video from Matt Clemente. So other than his uh, web, Mm -hmm. sorry, his live stream, he was actually um, doing a walkthrough of how to build your first command box command. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, this one was really cool. Actually, I I ran across it this morning and I watched it and I was like, what? I love this. Yeah, so Um, it was pretty neat. Yeah, kind of like a starting from scratch. This is, you know, what you can do with command box modules. And then he just like builds a simple module that uh, has some custom commands that outputs some stuff. He shows you how to do it. Um, it's just a nice little, uh, nice little screencast. It's like eight, nine minutes long. Yep. Pretty simple. Cool, cool. And we also released a blog post about uh, CMD confirmed as gold sponsor for Into the Box. So we have that one there as well. Um, again, we'd like to, to thank them. And do you see they got a pretty cool logo? Deploy, uh, develop, deploy, deliver. Pretty cool. If you can dream it, they can make it. <laughs> so then next on the list, we have another Ben Adele blog post. So this is where he actually uh, messes around, messes around with the, Command box and Docker and Lucy to get the, okay. the setup here. So like he's using our our command box Ortis image as a base. Yep. And then he just throws the uh, image magic stuff. Yeah. In on top of it. Nice. Pretty simple. So yeah. So he gets it up and running, and that's what he's using for for other stuff. So look um, at Ben. He's got CF config JSON going on for his admin <sighs> password. Yep. He's still my beating heart. Yep. Well. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, so he's got a nice little setup here. So if you guys want to get this up and running, Docker Compose up, dash dash build, and you could be doing the same thing. So pretty neat. So yeah, I mean, 
it's, it's pretty nice how Docker can just let you spin this stuff up. And when you're done, you're done. You just get rid of it and away you go. So, um, but yeah, so this allowed him to, to set up a, a playground and then he can see his, his dog, Lucy. Uh, this tag is the dog gets smaller and smaller. The further you scroll, it's like, <laughs> bye bye doggy. Yeah. <laughs> going, going away. So, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I remember using image magic on the old days, but this is graphics magic, a little different. The API oh. is not quite the same. Yeah, I said image magic, didn't I? Force of habit. Oh, yeah, I'm not even sure. But I remember using image magic way back in 2001, I think, on a Linux box and trying to mess with CF executes and output files mm -hmm. and error files. And gosh, it was a nightmare. <laughs> that was way before uh, CF. You're talking about those existed. were the good old days, Gavin. You never knew how good you had it back then. I was running Cold Fusion on Postgres way back in the day before Rails was built and it was even cool. Oh, you used PostgreSQL before it was cool? I see. Yeah, that was before I even knew what MySQL was. <laughs> That's how crazy it was. Because on Windows, we're using Axis still. <laughs> oh, oh Access. Good my old first, days. My first Cold Fusion stuff all ran on Access, man. I had a I had a college class on database design and we used access like that was our big project was we had to make an access database yep. and it was like probably 1999 or something. <laughs> okay, so we had a tweet from this fool Brad Wood. <clears throat> oh, what a jerk. <laughs> so talking about the new Lucy Light slug. So give us a rundown on what you did here. Yeah, people have been like whining and complaining for like years. Wah wah, Brad, why won't you put Lucy Light on Forgebox? Why are you so lame? Um, not really. I mean, well, people have asked, but they don't sound like that. So uh, a lot of people are using um are are using Lucy Light for their production stuff. Um, cause they want a smaller image and they don't want all the extra extensions. And so Lucy light is basically Lucy server, but with zero extensions installed. So no JDBC drivers, no S3, no PDF, no hibernate, you know, no nothing. And then you can kind of piecemeal back on top of it, what you want. So it's kind of like, you know, deny all then allow. Right. So people will take Lucy light and they'll throw in some, you know, environment variables that say, okay, I want PDF back and I want, you know, S3 back and nothing else. Um, but to date, there's not been a really easy way to package up uh, a server on command box with Lucy light. Um, you, you can do it, but you have to point directly to the Lucy update provider. Um, I modified it a while back to build Lucy light images, but it can be a little flaky. It can go down and sometimes it can just like not respond. Uh, as someone was just talking to me, I think it was John Burquest last week. So I finally got my lazy self around and I added a new Lucy light slug on Forgebox and I've backfilled it all the way to 5.0.0 version of Lucy. Um, every major release of, uh, of Lucy, um, now has the Lucy light, uh, CF engine, the war file. So basically you type, you know, server start CF engine equals Lucy dash light. And then you can do the ampersand and you can put the, or not the ampersand, that the at sign, and you can do the version number if you, if you want to dial in a specific version. So that means you can use it in a command box, you can use it on any, any of our Docker images, um, any of that stuff. And then in addition to adding Lucy Light, which a lot of people wanted to use, I also get a lot of questions where people say, well, you only add the, the stable releases of Lucy. Um, you don't add the snapshot builds. Um, and that's mostly just because I'm a little lazy. Um, it only takes a few, it only takes a few minutes to add a version, but it's a manual process. Um, so I finally sat down and I wrote, of all things, a command box task runner. Uh, it's out there on GitHub if you want to look at it. A command box task runner that will hit the Lucy update server and say what are all the versions of Lucy that exist. 
because um, there's there's an API endpoint you can hit. It'll just give you a big thing of JSON, right? And then I hit the Forgebox API. Gosh, I love APIs. And I'm like, hey, Forgebox, what are all the versions of Lucy and Lucy Lite you have? And in anything that's missing, the task runner just loops over them, it downloads the engine from the Lucy update provider, it uploads it to our S3 bucket, and it automatically publishes, publishes it to Forgebox. Um, so now that I've automated it, it's like, it's just takes like 20 seconds for it to run to publish a new version. So I went and I backfilled every single snapshot Lucy build. And there's probably about 75 to 100 snapshots for every Lucy release. Basically, Misha bumps the build number every time he commits code, which is really convenient because you can dial in super exact numbers. So I went all the way back to like Lucy 529, which is like a year and a half worth probably of snapshot build. It was about 31 gigabytes of Lucy builds that I published Shh, on board. Don't tell Luis. You know, I looked, we have like a hundred gigs in our download bucket. So it's, yeah. it, it's <laughs> S3 is cheap, right? Um, so if you want to test like literally any version of Lucy, because there's been a lot of that recently, there's been regressions and like the 534 releases. And it's like, when did it come in? You, you have people testing every single snapshot, trying to figure out when the bug was introduced. So now I don't just publish major Lucy releases to Forgebox. Um, I, I've scheduled this puppy just to run daily. And every single time Misha cuts a new snapshot build of Lucy, which happened just yesterday, like build 36 or something of 535 or 536, whatever the heck it even was, um, it'll just be thrown out on Forgebox that day and you can be testing it the next day. Um, so... Everything's from S3 now, which is way faster. Everything's on Forgebox. You don't have to hit the Lucy update provider. Um, and unfortunately, if you go to the versions tab on Forgebox now, it's really big <laughs> for, for Lucy and Lucy Lite. Because I, like I said, I backfilled just hundreds. About There's about 400 versions now of Lucy and Lucy Lite. Because I, I built backfilled you know, almost two years worth. So, uh, But it's all out there. And going forward, I'm just going to throw them all up there. So whether it's Lucy or Lucy Lite, whatever snapshot release candidate, Whatever you want, it'll always be on Forgebox within a day. Um, and that should hopefully just help people who want to test and want to dial an exact version. So I'm pretty excited about that. I've put that off for a long time. So yeah. it was nice to finally get it done. Well, it just means we got some more work from Javi now. So he can actually um, you know, sit up the <laughs> sit up the UI to be better for that many versions. Because yeah, hopefully yeah. So the project's going to be better. You know, we're going to have more I'm, and more versions I'm thinking, like, we probably need to have a checkbox in Forgebox that says, like, you know, hide snapshot builds or something um you know some some node packages have the same kind of thing they have like a zillion you know pre-release builds for every stable build so maybe i should yeah. see what npm does um i mean unfortunately the the cli is also a bit useless and it's not useless if you type forgebox show um lucy from from command box now it'll show you like the last like four or five versions but they're all snapshot builds now because there's like you know 400 yeah. snapshot builds so I gotta find a way. Maybe to she like, show stable by default and have a you know dash dash latest or something. Either that or break out on a different line. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's interesting how introducing all of this new data, which is great, kind of you know pulls to the forefront some deficiencies in some of our UI design. Where we're like, ah, oh, well, crap. Now, like, how do I find the stable release now? You know, I got so many snapshots in there, but yeah. that's just a, that's a UI problem, right? So I, I'm glad we have the data there. Now we just have to figure out how to sift through it. Yeah. So Brad driven development in its best. Brad driven development. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, looks like you're busy on another tweet as well. So you want to give everyone the spiel on, uh, 
Come on, boss. 5.0 release candidate. Yeah, test it now, you fools. Um, so or basically, hold uh, your bug reports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I um back on like what? Uh, I guess it was Valentine's Day. Man, it's been like two weeks. Jeez, I'm going to ship this thing. What am I waiting for? On Valentine's Day, I finally released Command Box 5.0.0 Release Candidate 1, um, which has been incredibly too long in the making, uh, mostly hamstringed by the lack of a stable Lucy version that didn't have regressions and actually supported Java 11-ish. Um, so uh, with the release of, of 5.3.4.77, which now turned to 5.3.4.80, um, on the Lucy side, I, I finally was able to cut the, the command box 5.0, which has been coming for an incredibly long time. But it has just tons of new updates, new major version of Undertow, uh, new versions of all the Java libraries, um, a whole bunch of bug fixes, enhancements. So I'm probably going to... I We found like a couple bugs in the release candidate, which we fixed, really small things we hadn't fully done right. But other than that, it seems pretty stable or... Nobody has tested it. So, hey, well, it looks like there's a couple here on that tweet, Sander and Mingo Hagen. Well, okay, you you are correct. A few people have replied. <laughs> so, out of the people that have replied, I haven't gotten much bad feedback back, which I hope is really good. So, unless like some major showstopper comes out, I'm probably going to tr- release this 5.0 version as a stable version this week because um, I've just been out there for two weeks, um, and of course, it was in you know alpha for just bloody forever. Um, and so it, there haven't been any major changes in quite some time, um, which is a good thing. I don't like to make a bunch of changes to software and then like cut a release the next day, <coughs> Luis. <coughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I'd like to let stuff simmer, you know, let it set for a while, make sure you haven't screwed anything up. Um, so I feel like this has been setting for quite a while and it's been an official release candidate for a couple weeks now. So, um, right. you know, make sure you're testing it. If there's nothing that comes out, um, I'm going to release it. And of course we already have stuff in development right now um, for uh, the next version. Uh, you know, we've got Miguel, uh, one of our uh, guys here at Ordis working on Runwire, doing Java code. And we're already working on some really cool Runwire enhancements that'll be coming out on the next version. So I'm super excited to get this stinking 5.0 release out the door so I can get on to the next, uh, the next releases we have stacked up. Um, yep. I just see Mark says he has a comment where he's had some issues, but not with command box. Yeah, um, see if migrations in the new version of J- uh, Lucy five three is the problem though. Right there, it's the the data the database classes. I don't know. There was some. There was a problem with CF migrations that was actually related to just some bad artifacts that got put up on S three. But I'd uh, have to see what yeah what Mark so, has seen. There uh, there have been some changes from what I've seen in Lucy five three, yeah. where unless you have a bundle name, the JDBC drivers don't always load. And I don't even know for the life of me what on earth inside of Lucy changed that's made that behave slightly different. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he had to add some bundle info to the, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm pretty sure info, which is about I'll be, right. I'll be honest. I haven't had, I haven't had the time to try to sit down and track down what the heck is different about it. I don't know if the extensions aren't installed or what it is, but yeah, we, we did notice some interesting behaviors where, in Lucy 5.2, you would have a data source defined with just the class name, the Java class, and it would work fine. And in Lucy 5.3, for whatever reason, it would say class not found unless you added the bundle name and bundle version. Um, I don't know if it's on purpose that Lucy 5.3 behaves that way. Either way, it's a it's a, a change in 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 Lucy. Um, 
Yeah, so if anyone's having CF migration issues there, I know Eric made a change to the package, and uh, and Mark said uh, Eric asked him to put a pull request for the documentation about this. But um, I guess it's not just for Col it's not just for Lucy, but it applies to ColdFusion servers too. So that's interesting. Mm. All right, let's we'll look <laughs> into that. Yeah, so I'm sure Eric will get some documentation out there. If you could add a pull request for that, though, Mark, I'm sure Eric would appreciate it. Uh, it's, you know, always hard being the maintainer of some of these projects. But, uh... Yeah, you got a oh, migrations module. Okay, yeah, so it's using command box itself, which uses Lucy under the hood, and that's the reason why. So, yep. got it. And so when we went to 5.0, it has the new version of Lucy in it, which has that issue. So that's why CF Migrations is having an issue. So there you go. So yeah, the application might be on Adobe, but because uh, command box is running Lucy, that's where that problem kicks in. Thanks for the update, Mark. Live chat's really useful for this. So thanks for those <laughs> coming in here and giving us the update so we know what we're talking about sometimes. Sometimes. So next up, we have a blog post from Brian Class. Uh, he's going to be speaking into the box 2020 this year on CFML and AWS mm -hmm. S3. And so I like some of the things he said here. I should blow this up here and make sure everybody can read it who's watching. He's privileged to once again speak at the superb, superb into the box conference. Um, How much do we pay him to say that, by the way? Nothing. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is free advertising. No. <laughs> Brian's great. And uh, yeah, he really enjoys it. And so it's a good little write up of, you know, why he likes the conference because we don't pay him. He's not a member of Audis. He's just speaking at the conference. And, uh, but his session, I'll be interviewing him soon about his session, but he's going to be covering a lot of great S3 stuff. And so if you're interested in that, uh, check out his blog pro post. Looks Brian like his session is, I didn't know S3 could do that. It sounds pretty good. Yeah. It, it's pretty cool. Uh, S3 is a pretty cool product and they're, they're doing a lot more with it. So definitely, definitely should check that out. So read Brian's blog post and uh, definitely check out his session. He always provides a great session. So next on the list, um, Charlie Earhart's basically sharing with us something about environment variables. And did you know that 20 CF 2018 imports environment vars into service scopes? Did you know, Brad? Pretty sure I you did, did know that. It's yeah. always nice when Adobe Cool Fusion can copy a feature that Lucy's servers had for about four years, isn't it? It's, it's great to see them catch up when they can. Yeah. So proposed <laughs> initially in 2015 on Lucy. Um, but yeah, and I think they actually do them the same way, which is really nice. <laughs> That's actually really, really nice because it means I can write code that will run on both on both systems. Now, realistically, you know, frameworks like Coldbox can't use this for another five years because we have to wait until, you know, we drop support for every other version. Yeah. Um, Lucy started that in 5.1, I believe. Lucy 5.1 started it. Um, but it's really handy. I mean, you can get to the stuff with, you know, Java Lang system, get property and then get uh, ENV. Um, but this is just a really handy way, which as soon as you start deploying on Docker or any kind of containerized setup where you're using environment variables or even uh, a server using, you know, .env and command box. Um, it's a really handy way to access those using just a built-in ColdFusion scope. So you don't have to worry about creating Java objects or any, any of the uh, the boilerplate related. So I, I love the feature and I think it re reduces friction on some of those pain points. Yeah, I mean, at least we can check to see if it exists. If that doesn't exist, then we can go create the Java object. So it's a little better, you know? So... Yep. Yep. No, it's just a great feature. I'm really glad that Adobe copied that. Yeah. So that's the, they do listen to bug reports sometimes, guys. You know, this bug tracker <laughs> does work if your name's not Brad. 
Her name's not Brad. So we also had they, uh, one they, from they James Moberg. They close tickets of mine. I just put in more than they can close. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, oh, and Charlie just mentioned that he's just sharing the news because it wasn't documented uh, with 2018 and that he could see anywhere. And you're right. Surprised lot, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I think you mentioned in the blog post that CF Docs does have it, but it's not very well known. And uh, yeah, it we, should be in Adobe's official documentation for sure. Yeah. But there's quite a few things like that that slips through the cracks. And, you know, that's why we like community members blogging like that to share the information. So thank you, Charlie, for doing all you do. Um, next, we have James Moberg. So he's talking about language detection using Cold Fusion in Java. So I guess a lot of people, um, you know, basically used to figure out languages a certain way. And I guess... Um, it doesn't mean programming languages. He means spoken languages. Yeah, like Chinese, Russian, Japanese, Turkish. Yeah. And so, so yeah. So basically someone was having issues trying to, you know, figure out what, what language is running, uh, what language they have available. And so he went through and, and found a Java library that can, can do that pretty well here. So he talks about it. So, you know. I wonder about- how it works. Like, does it look for certain characters or certain words? Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. Because you have, like, some words are the same between languages. I'm really curious now. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's one of the the cool things about Java. We can, you know, find it somewhere. The Heisen Sea? So, so here's some some options here. So, yeah, so depending on what it is, it'll try and figure it out. Language detector. Ooh. I mean, it's basically what happens when you go to Google Translate and you paste in something in a different language and it auto detects German or Portuguese. Probably a similar library. Cool. It's pretty well, cool. Yep. So it's yeah. up on GitHub. It's not on Forgebox yet, but we can. Oh, James. Well, actually, Let's get this thing on Forgebox, man. Yeah, he's gonna. He's he's doing better. He's he's put a few on Forgebox, I think. So a library doesn't really exist until it exists on Forgebox. <laughs> <laughs> looks yep. pretty easy to use though i like it yep and then he's also released another blog post about token replace so we use this inside of cold box for our render views and everything and in cb mail services we do some token replacement as well and so he's talking mm-hmm. about how um, different projects perform tokenization differently and yeah i was talking with james on twitter just this week about some of the reasons he doesn't use the built-in uh regex functions uh, I don't know. You, you don't have those tweets down below, do you? I don't want to no, I, spill I don't. any beans. Okay. Nope. Um, yeah, I guess he was showing me how he uses the token replace stuff. Uh, James uses uh, one of the built-in Java methods for regex. Um, apparently, there's some like really sort of disappointing bugs in Adobe Cold Fusion's built-in regex stuff, where if you run it on a large enough chunk of text, you'll just get a stack overflow. And Adobe's mm. official response is literally working as designed, and they closed the ticket. I, I was flabbergasted. Um, wow. And so the only workaround is to use the built-in Java libraries. I didn't know this until James was telling me about it. And I was like, what in the actual heck? So, um, yeah, I was a little disappointed at Adobe's response on that. They're like, they're like, yeah, we know if your text is too big, you get stack overflow. That's, that's by design. I'm like, what in the actual heck, especially when the Java, you know, regex does like works great is faster. I'm like, this is not how cold fusion should behave. But anyway, yeah, that, that was all in the context of this token replace thing that he, yeah, that he, he found, has here in the Yeah, he found Drupal had an official one. Um, oh, yeah? But he says it doesn't seem to be one that ColdFusion has. And so... What's well, cool to, about his is you can you can use, like, different kind of, like, token placeholders. Yeah. So you, you have, you know, a sentence with placeholders is, like, hello, name, and you can, you know, choose if you want to have curly braces or square braces or 
you know, things around the name variable. Yeah, I think we use at signs by default and uh, render view stuff for CB mail services. We do. Um, we use an at sign around it. And I know that um, for some of the, the other templating languages, JavaScript and whatever you use, like mustache, sort of double, double mustache, double curlies or whatever mm -hmm. for some of those. And so this allows you to sort of make your own little one. So yeah. token replace takes the replacement data and then the start and end parameter. Um, yeah, James and I had also noticed uh, a little, it, it, this resulted in a Lucy ticket because the replace list function, which I admittedly rarely ever use, um, the replace list function behaves slightly different in Lucy than it does in Adobe. Um, Adobe lets you specify the delimiter um, in like the fourth or the fifth or the sixth position, which I'm not a fan. I mean, I know they try to make it like simple. I'm not a fan when we have like really vague CFML functions in which you can like omit parameters and you can move a parameter forward and they try to detect like, is it a Boolean? If so, assume it's this. I think that just makes really kind of a, a fuzzy language spec. But at any rate, Adobe had extra fuzziness that Lucy hadn't implemented. So his, he could, his code wasn't working in Lucy. Um, and it was turned out to be a difference in this replace list function that he's using. Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's, yep. it's always a good day when you end up with at least one Adobe or Lucy ticket that comes out of your <laughs> your Twitter conversation. So yep. Lucy got it yesterday, or whatever yeah. day that was. <laughs> For sure. And so... Here's the tweet that Matthew Clemente sent. Uh, as I said, he did have a fair few issues, OBS, but he got that uh, API wrapper for the Lord of Rings API published to Forgebox. And yeah, so. I'm telling you guys, Camtasia, I use it for all my screencasts. You pay a few bucks for it, but it's like one million times simpler than OBS, and it's really nice. Yeah. Just so. saying. Yeah, but that's where he talked about how one password and OBS can give you some crashes. So, <laughs> so yeah. But I use one password, so I'm okay. Okay, we All also right. had uh, one final one here. Yep, one more, and this is from John Wish, who is uh, is it Alias Poyorak. Mm -hmm. I always have to remember who he is, but I'm getting pretty good at it now. Thankfully, it's Yorick, I believe. Yorick. So I always say it in my mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it's meant to be a, the running joke of. Uh, well, the was it Monty Python? I forget. Anyway, he explained it to us once. I also forgot. So he's talking <laughs> about array sum and array every, uh, which is something that came out in ColdFusion 2018 update five. I'm actually I'm curious. Does Lucy have either of these? I know, but doing uh, all that code wall stuff. Like, we should. It looks like it does. Yeah. Um. Oops, I can't type array every. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm using the I'm using the tab completion in command box to, to figure out whether or not those methods exist because huh. you can type pound sign and start typing a CFML method in, in command box and hit tab and it'll actually give you tab completion on them. Uh, That's pretty it's like my, cool. It's like my super shortcut way. So it looks like Lucy has these as well. Yeah. So array sum and array every just easy ways to basically say you know, array sum returns true if any of the elements meet a certain condition. No, and then array every is every element in that array meet that condition. So if you're looking for someone over the age of 40 and you go through an array of ages, you know, you say array sum and then 40, and it'll give you back true if someone's over 40. Um, for example, for array every, every age has to be above 40 for it to work. So it's, I mean, it's, it's essentially something you could do using the filter method and then checking like if you got greater than zero or if you got every single one in the array. But this is just a nice little kind of explicit method um, that cuts down that 
that boilerplate a bit. That's pretty nice though. Yeah. I mean, the same thing with map reduce, right? You can do them with full loops and create your own variables and everything else. But if the design yeah. pattern, if something happens all the time, it's nice to create these little functions that do that. And nice if you have array dot sum and array dot every, I believe works as member functions as well. Um, and also Charlie said here, uh, I had to approve your comment, Charlie. It got blocked. Yep. So YouTube as, said no. I just so he was mentioning about the function arguments real quick. That 2018. Yeah, he mentioned that 2018 has name parameters. Um, and I'm surprised that it didn't before. <laughs> well, no, yeah, because Lucy, Lucy was the only one that had named or uh, positional parameters, which I always thought was very idiomatic to CFML because you expect UDF and CFML to allow you to pass named or positional parameters. But it wasn't in twenty till twenty eighteen that Confusion did it. Um, that's good. It still doesn't change the fact that I hate how they did it with positional parameters. Now, I, I, if if your point was that using name parameters removes removes the ambiguity, then yeah, absolutely. Um, that makes it a lot easier because in yeah. the past when you couldn't do name parameters, you were forced to you know provide every single parameter, yeah, which could that. get really ugly. Which is why I, I think they they went to trying to do these clever little you know if you don't do this, we'll assume it means this kind of nonsense. Um, which is really probably more of a workaround to trying to make positional parameters not suck as much. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good blog post here. Uh, if you guys haven't used them before, uh, definitely go check it. And they've got the run samples you can run on CF Fiddle. For those of you who don't know, CF Fiddle is Cold Fusion's little um, play it's box. Adobe's, Adobe's, sorry. Adobe's. Adobe's little uh, like sandbox for you to run some code yeah. and see it in real life. And, and I love sure. that John's post here is using, uh, well, not all of them, not every example. Most of his examples using the fat arrow functions, which the more, the more I code in them, the more just natural they get. But yeah. it's when you do a closure, but you don't have the function keyword and you just use the big equals, you know, greater than sign. And then you don't even need the return statement if there's no function body. It just really condenses them down to these super little readable chunks of code. Yeah, I love that I see him doing this. Yeah, no, it's definitely good. And it's like know. every Code Wars uh, <laughs> solution ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I like that. Playing Code Wars, Code Golf is definitely a, a big thing. Definitely helped me with my functional programming, that's for sure. By the way, if you haven't been to Code Wars this last week, go check and make sure there's no new Cold Fusion Katas. I think I've had a couple approved this last week. Yep, we're getting more and more all the time. Speaking of little, Code Katas, we got lazy. I have, True. Yeah, I haven't submitted any new uh, translations this week. I've gotten a little lazy, unfortunately. Yep. Like six, wow, there's 62 CFML Katas on Code Wars now. Yep, awesome. so... Yep, so we're, we're working our way up there. So uh, on codewars.com, um, that's where you can check out uh, all those CFML code cards. So go play there a little bit. Uh, we're going to have um, two winners in March for um, our code challenge. But I've got to finish updating our little code challenge app because I broke it. Um, I blame <laughs> Forgebox for some of it, so I'll blame you too. But Sad I pushed the updated versions. Um, so we'll announce the episode next week in episode 44, what our coding challenge will be for March. Um, but we'll have two winners this month since February was a fail. So, so yeah. yeah. And people, but, uh, people answered, um, uh, Mark there in the chat, but he'd asked if you had to, um, if cited. you had to be able to sign in still to use, uh, the CF fiddle. Because when it first came out, it was really cool, but you had to like basically log in just to use it. Uh, but that has been removed. In fact, I'm on it right now, not logged in, and I'm running code. 
exploit incorrect usage of the right dump function. Uh, I think some things are limited. I don't remember what though. But yeah, so they're definitely improving it. Um, but yeah, so the coding challenge, just to keep you warm on the coding challenge, go to Code Wars and get a few Code Wars challenges done there. And then next week we'll announce our little CFML challenge app. I will f almost got it fixed today. There's a couple of things that are still blowing up on me, so I'm working on that. So sorry. That's what happens when you live stream stuff. Everything breaks. <laughs> okay. So next, find a job. We have 31 job postings on getcfmljobs.com, 24 um, different companies across 22 locations in five countries. Um, so we have a full-time Cofusion developer in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And that was posted on the February 28th. And we have a full-time Cofusion developer at Albuquerque, New Mexico. And that was posted February 26th. So definitely go check those out guys uh, and if you have any job postings let us know and we'll try and post them on here as well um, if not definitely go to getcfmljobs.com um, yeah that's a great place to, to put them and he does try and scrape lots of different job boards etc to try and post them there if you have one you can post them directly there as well so okay so next on the list we have our forgebox module of the week I'm submitting a pull request to it right now. Oh, cool, cool. If you so, don't have a space after the pound signs, your headers don't work in Markdown. Oh. I think Markdown used to used to work differently because we used to have a bunch of Ordis readme files that didn't have a space between the pound sign and our little headers. And then at some point it stopped working. Yeah, uh, I noticed that too, but I thought maybe I was just doing it wrong all the time. Okay, yeah, so back we to the Forgebox module of the week. So we have a safe browsing module by Sean Daniels. Uh, and so this is a, a pretty cool looking one too, actually. Um, so I guess it's a Google service um, that allows safe browsing. And so here you can just install safe browsing and you add your Google key into your module settings in Coldbox uh, just by adding in here. And basically what it does is allows you to pass in some URLs and then Google will check them for you. So you can just check URLs and pass an array of URLs and it returns a structured data from the API describing any issues in the URLs that you submitted. Is a threat or is threat uh, takes one URL and it returns true if the URL is problematic or for any reason false if it's safe. So what this basically does is allows you to use the Google safe browsing lookup v4 API and so that's kind of a neat way. So if you guys are running like a community site or something related to kids or whatever, um, you could basically tie into Google safe browsing API and then, you know, check URLs when people submit them. So maybe if it's, you know, you got a form function on your site and people submitting URLs, you can check to make sure that they're not a threat, they're safe, et cetera. So pretty handy. Yeah. You just was... drop it in. And I just submitted my pull request to update his readme file. Look at that. Box.json, cool. put everything in here. Yep. So, yeah, so it's a pretty cool little module. And I was actually going to use one of my modules until I saw that one. I thought, you know what? I like that. I'm going to use that. We should be more safe and secure these days. So. That was just published on February 27th, looks like. Yeah. So Brand new. I like spotlighting those new ones, you know, because it's hard to keep up on what's coming out. There is that tab on Forgebox, though, where you can just say, you know, show the newest, and you can see all the newest stuff there. So... Mm -hmm. That is pretty cool. Oh, is yours the is your new one the command box stack checker? There's a stack checker and the Ooh. packager. Have to push that one back the next week. Yeah, 
I'll have to do a show and tell at our secret private audit meeting today and show everybody how it works. <laughs> but, Sorry, was that my outside laugh? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so next we have our hint, tip, and trick of the week. And so this one is actually a recommendation from John Farrar. So this is called Risk Client. So if you look here, there's a lot of features. This has a lot of features in it, but basically it allows you to make risk calls, HTTP requests, and view the response inside of Visual Code. So it's like directly. a Postman kind of API, but inside VS Code? Yeah, it's actually inside VS Code. Um, you can fold and unfold response body. Uh, you can save the raw response to your local but disk But can you easily. fold close? That's the question. No, it's not my job. Um, they got basic uh, support here's the for, obligatory animated GIF. Looks like these docs are complete. Yeah, there's little animated GIFs <laughs> down here for making a request, but it talks about query strings or request. It's really well documented here. I was Holy cow. pretty happy. So there's they have a like lot a whole Git book here in their README. Jeez. Yeah, so it looks pretty thorough, um, pretty complete. John really en enjoyed it and he thought we should share it. So it's almost 800,000 installs. It's got like 25 this morning since I made my notes on it. It's got five stars. <laughs> so uh looks like a pretty cool client um, for that. So with APIs these days, uh, this might have to make it onto the prerequisite list for the API edition workshop that Luis is giving. So very cool. So if you guys should check that one out, risk-client. And yeah. Very cool. Boom. Done. Done. Okay. That's the end of our show notes, Gavin. What do we do now? Do we make up stuff? Well, we usually do. But before we make up stuff, <laughs> we have to actually thank someone. So Mingo Hagen, I've seen him in the chat today too. So I think he said he's in Amsterdam, but he's our newest Patreon supporter. So he just signed up, I think, yesterday. So we haven't got him on the picture. So his picture's not there. He's not on the website just yet, but he's going to be. So he's bumped us up from that 38 to 39 percent for our uh, for our goals there so there uh, it all adds up it all helps and uh yeah like i said we're doing a lot of work with these podcasts to bring you all this information and it really helps to to cover the costs um so we really do appreciate all that so thank you mingo you got a special extra uh you know welcome and thank you there but we also need to thank the rest of the crew uh, of our patreon supporters are very important too so Thank you, Andrew Davis, and happy birthday for yesterday, too. Not all of you guys will get birthday calls out, but uh, Andrew does. So thank you, Brian White, Calvin Stedden, Dali, Dan Carr, Daniel Garcia, David Ballinger, Didier Lesnicki, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jan Yannick, Jeremy Adams, John Farrar, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamry, Laxma Tirahadi, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Richard Herbert, Yay. Samuel Knowlton, Scott Steinbeck, VJ, and Yogesh Mathieu. We should have a little like bell we ring when a new one comes in. Ding. <laughs> yeah. So really, really do appreciate all your guys' support. And we are trying to add more packages to our Patreon page. And we, as we mentioned before, there's a blog post out in the autosolutions.com blog. Uh, we need your help. So if you guys. It wasn't for you guys, Gavin and I would have to get a real job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or maybe we'd even get paid for it. Uh <laughs> But yeah, so like I said, all your support goes towards the, the open source you know, products like this podcast, Command Box, Forge Box, uh, or S3 Bills, stuff like that, that, you know, really mm -hmm. help make us be able to deliver yeah, the products and services. Maybe, and, maybe yeah. Mingo's new Patreon support will pay for all the new gigs of Forge Box releases I just put in our S3 bucket. <laughs> I don't think so, Brad. We need a few more. 
<laughs> yeah, I know, 30 gigs is probably a drop in a bucket as far. I mean, the, I know you pay, but it's like pennies on the terabyte or something. So, yeah. So <sighs> too funny. Well, thank you all of you guys really appreciate your time uh, and your support. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the news this week and we'll be back next week for next week's episode. Keep an eye yep. out for those uh, podcast episodes from the conference edition. Uh, they're flying out. So you should see number two or three this week on there too. So adios amoebas. <laughs> Have a good one guys. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.